Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, and with me is my favorite co-host, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm great. Boy, do we have got a lot to cover today. Yeah, and let me just, let's go straight to it. Let's go to Monday's NCAA finals game. My Tar Heels were in it. It was the first time I was ever backing them this entire tournament, it, backing them in the sense that I actually picked them to win and to cover the spread, which they did cover the spread, but they didn't win. And if anyone watched that game up to halftime, I'm sure there were many TVs across the country, especially on the East Coast, because it was a late game that turned that TV off at halftime thinking, wow, North Carolina has a 15 point lead at the half. This game should be over. And then they wake up the next morning and see that Kansas won. So what were your thoughts of the game, Robert? You know, I, at the at the end of the half, I had to really focus on what I was going to do from a, a bookmaker's perspective because <laughs> my job's not done. I, I still have to take a look at a second half line and figure out what kind of team is going to come back. So, I mean, if, if, if you've got, um, you know, some uh, Bayesian uh, analytics, boy, boy, did they come into play here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they were stuck 40 to 25, 25 points for Kansas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I looked at what was the thing that jumped out of oh, the free throws. Free throws was huge. Uh, 13 out of 16 for UNC. Jayhawks were three of four, completely just getting out rebounded at that time with a really fast pace. So I just looked at North Carolina and said, well, they're really far more aggressive attacking the basket and on the boards. So I, of course, went on to 538 and, and a couple of the other market makers. And I said, well, what's Kansas's win probability right now? Did you know, Allie, or you could probably figure out what was Kansas's win probability at halftime? It had to be maybe 1%. <laughs> ESPN was generous. They said 10%. Okay. 10%. And I, I, I had to say to myself, well, are they really that bad? Is this it? Is You're going to tell me you're going to go all the way and then just completely just ruin yourself? I, I said no. I said, no. So my point spread and total was skewed versus the market because I figured Kansas has to trim this, has to, and make a game out of it. And so the second half began. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I knew Kansas was going to come back and make it close. I did. I was like, there's no way they're going to play this poorly this in the second half as they played in the first half. I didn't think North Carolina would play even more poorly in the second half because they are, you know, it was despite scoring 40 points in the first half, they weren't playing all that great. I mean, the game opened and both teams were just throwing up bricks. Uh, they yes. were just, it, yes. was, it was a very sloppy game. And I kind of expected that, you know, there's definitely going to be jitters. You're playing on the, the national championship. All eyes are on you. So I, I understood why the game started the way it did, but this was just definitely, I don't think you could ever find a more college basketball game where you could say this was the tale of two halves. <laughs> you nailed it. Oh my God, Allie, you're absolutely right. right. I mean, Kansas trimmed that 15 point deficit to one Allie, not one single three pointer, not one, you know, and, and they were still not really good with the free throw. I mean, they went only two out of six on the free throw line. In the second half, uh, you know, and, and otherwise the Jayhawks would have been ahead at the 1241 mark. So, you know, th there it went, you know, of course we saw, you know, how the game unfolded. They did make it, a, they did make a comeback. Uh, they ended up winning 
Lightning, two point shooting, uh, 47 to 36%. Uh, Trey's six to five. Uh, they only turn the ball over nine times. But again, I, I just, it, the pace slowed down a little bit. I, I just think that I don't know who to celebrate here. <laughs> I don't. Kansas, Kansas didn't really look like a champion to me, did they? No. No, they didn't. And I've said all, you know, we, in our, on our last few podcasts, I said, Kansas has had the easiest route. They've really been fortunate. They didn't have to play a team like Auburn. They didn't have to play a team like Wisconsin in their region. And then even when they played Villanova, you know, we can get into that. Villanova was playing without Justin Moore and Villanova. When you just rely on Colin Gillespie, there was no way Villanova was winning the game. I was a little surprised Villanova didn't play them closer but I thought Kansas would totally falter against North Carolina, who has just blown away the best teams of this tournament. They blew yes. through Baylor. They blew through UCLA. We both thought they would lose and they wouldn't even cover against Duke. And we were both wrong there. So I was just surprised with more so how poorly North Carolina played. They just looked like a team that didn't have a game plan except just to throw up bricks and see what goes through the hoop. You know, and I, I guess it's part of a bigger conversation, but uh, I don't know. I, I just hearken for a day when there was, I mean, look, many of these student athletes, they're honestly, Allie, they're still learning the game. Yeah, very they're, true. They're still learning the game. I mean, imagine if, if John Morant had to stay four years, he'd be one of the greatest college basketball players we've ever right. seen. So I, I don't know. I, I figured there was going to be some sloppiness. I just didn't think like, I don't know. I keep, remembering that Houston game, man, they shot one of 20 from three point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So look, Kansas is our champs. They won, uh, you know, for, from a bookmaker's perspective here, we did, we did well uh, because obviously the, the favorite, you know, here in general, if the favorite wins with no cover, that's, that's a good sign for our book. Uh, and not only that, but, you know, with the way our futures lay, uh, laid out, uh, it was the right side as well. So, you know, the book here did very well with, with holding with Kansas winning. It would have been a big loss if UNC actually would have won uh, in the future pool. Uh, so we needed Kansas to win no cover and uh, we ended up getting that as well. Yeah, it was definitely, I don't think, I don't think Kansas was the best team in this tournament, but that's the beauty of March Madness. It's anyone's game and it's the luck of the draw combined with just how good you show, you know, what team shows up on which given day. So kudos to Kansas. Uh, They definitely showed up when they needed to play. And, you know, I can't knock them up playing an easy schedule because that's just how it it wound up. And any team is looking for the easiest route. But before we move on to our uh, next, uh, our next um, sport, I wanted to check with you. Uh, You already said that, that how the books fared for the championship game, but Recapping the tournament as a whole, what was the game with the most bets placed? So it, I, I took a, a deep dive into it, and, and I wanted to see exactly how how we we did book everything. And and actually, the the games with the the most bets placed, it's it's almost a three way tie. It was the St. Peter's Kentucky game, really. Uh, yep, Gonzaga and Memphis, and then uh, UNC and UCLA. Um, not only in terms of ticket count, but in dollars bet as well. Um, early on, a lot of uh, everyone, everyone just was just mailing it in on Kentucky 
not only to, you know, you know, obviously beat them on the money line bet, which, you know, whatever, you know, that that return wasn't going to be much, but on the spread as well. And we know how that always ended up. Of right. So, uh, but it just, it, there was just a lot of interest in, in, in that game. Uh, Gonzaga, that's, that's basically just calling out because, you know, our location is, uh, I wouldn't call us Pacific Northwest, but there's a very good following for, for that university here in, uh, in Reno. And then UNC, UCLA, again, California, uh, you know, definitely a, a heavy influence here. So uh, a lot of UCLA uh, wagers were made here at the, at the sports book. So I'm guessing since Kentucky and St. Peter's was one of the top three games bet, you guys, at least at the books, definitely cashed in the most there. <laughs> Nailed it. Exactly right. That St. Peter's over Kentucky game, we held 87% of wow. every wager made. Uh, it was I had to look, uh, you know, into the record book to see if there was uh, uh, more of a clean sweep where we had, uh, you know, significant bets made. That one's right up there. That, without a doubt, that's the one where the books cash the most. It's crazy. The public just loves betting those favorites, and they like betting the money line more than anything. And that's why I'm not a money line better, unless I really am looking at the underdog to score the upset win. Because when you have a big spread like Kentucky had against St. Peter's, do you know what it was off the top of your head? Oh God, I, I just remembered it was an 18 point favorite. So it, I think, I, I think it got into like the minus 2,500s, the minus 2,200s. Oh, yeah, there's like, what are you betting on that game? Minus 2,500, you know, how much do you have to actually lay down to win any sort of value in that? I don't understand, but people listeners, like- please, yeah, please don't do this <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And you can never compel me. I don't care what one seed is facing a 16 seed. I am not laying down 18 points in any March Madness game whatsoever. That no, just playoffs. No. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, take the points, take a shot. And if Kansas uh, or Kentucky or Gonzaga, if they blow out the competition by 20, 30 points, fine. But 18 points is too much to lay. So that being said, where did the public cash in the most? <laughs> Ali, this is what a great dovetail. We're talking about uh, money line plays. We actually got you know, battered really, really good. In the St. Peter's Purdue game, and we had St. Peter's as uh, plus six fifty on that money line bet, and uh, we took more on St. Peter's money line than on points. And uh, boy, were they right! So every hundred dollars won them six fifty and returned uh, seven fifty on that, and it was there was quite quite a celebration in the book <laughs> that I counted for a few people. That's for sure. See that that's a bet I would have probably taken if I was at an actual sports book because you know you ride the hot commodity and St. Peter's they won the first two games they're in the sweet 16 against Purdue Purdue was never high on my list as a team that was deserving of a number three seed so I can I could totally understand that uh I yeah that's a good thing to take so overall it was a very entertaining March Madness uh I can't wait for next year it seems like once it ends, I'm already looking forward to filling out my bracket, especially <laughs> this year because my bracket was done day one. But I'm happy that we had some entertaining games. You love the Cinderella stories, the St. Peter's, some of the other teams that advanced pretty far. You know, Miami was a 10 seed and they got into the Elite Eight. So you love to see that. You love to see the discrepancy. And we had an eight seed in the finals. I mean, that's kudos to people that picked both UNC and Kansas. I know there actually was uh, a few people in between a few of my pools that did have the finals, right? So 
congratulations. But now we got to move on to the sport that is kicking off this week. Um, well, I should say hitting, teeing off this week, MLB. So for our listeners out there, Robert, since you are the odds maker, can you explain to everyone why MLB betting is a little different than your NBA and your football betting? Uh, can you explain the run line to everyone? Yeah, no doubt. This Major League Baseball is the ultimate grind event. Uh, you've got a 162-game season, and there's just so many factors that go into a play. So if you're looking at wagering on the run line, so what, 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 is, what is the run line? So if, if you're new, you know, if, if you're many like many new baseball bettors, you know, you're excited about all these possibilities, you know, but maybe you're not comfortable laying that money line price that you see on the big favorite. So, for example, you're going to see um, the Dodgers as, as a huge favorite, you know, at home pretty much every single time. So in football or basketball, you know, you're dealing with 11 to win 10 on point spreads. You're risking $11 for every 10 you're trying to win. Uh, and that's true whether, whether the favorite is a four-point favorite, an eight-point favorite, or a 15-point favorite. In baseball, if you see that big favorite you want to bet on, you might have to risk uh, 22 or more just to win $10 or uh, you know, risking $10 to win a measly $4.50 on that same favorite. You know, one option uh, brings a high level of risk. Uh, that you're not comfortable taking. And the other brings back such a low return that it's barely any fun to win. Uh, so in this kind of an uncom- uncomfortable mental state, um, you know, you're, you're taking a look at what other ways are there that I can make a money. No, I'm not saying parlay. I'm not going to do it, Allie. <laughs> Don't parlay. But I will <laughs> say MLB is right up there with the NBA, even the NHL of it's just so unpredictable day to day, game to game, that unless it's the postseason or the playoffs, I don't bet baseball daily. And I know people that do, and they do make some good money off of it. You know, the professional guys, aka, I do know some professional sports betters, but it's just, it's so hard to predict, you know, if a starting pitcher is going to perform, if it's going to be their off day. So, you know, what's it like at the sports books for MLB daily betting, Robert? Like, do you get a lot of traction or, or more people a little hesitant? Uh, what do you think? No, no, we do. We get, we get people that are knocking down the doors for, for, you know, day wow. one, which is, is right around the corner, uh, literally right around the corner. And that those run line bets is what everyone wants to start laying into uh, because they think that their team was, you know, clearly uh, way, way high up on the power ranks is going to be, exactly what they're expecting to be. So, you know, the run line bet is what they're doing. They're laying the one and a half runs, um, you know, on, on that betting favorite. And so now instead of that 220 favorite to win the game straight up might be, you know, win by one and a half runs at minus 120. So now you're risking 12 to win 10 instead. Um, you know, that's what we offer here, you know, at, at the sports book every day for every game, for every matchup. And the beauty here is that if you are laying that run and a half, Obviously, you want to make sure you have your starting pitcher. Uh, and if you play a run line wager alley, uh, listed pitchers is what appears on your tickets. So right. if you uh, have, uh, for example, um, I'm just taking a look at the schedule for tomorrow, and we have uh, here, Wainwright. So if, uh, if Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals starts and you want to lay the run line on him, uh, you will have Wainwright listed on your ticket. If he gets scratched, you have a refund. It's your money back. No questions asked. It's a refund because that starting pitcher didn't appear. 
and uh, the run line uh, plays on both ends where you need to have the exact matchup. In this case, it would be Wainwright and Brubaker. So if uh, any one of those two pitchers gets scratched, you get a refund on the wager. So uh, it kind of protects you there to make sure that you get exactly what you're betting on. So if you're handicapping starting pitchers, this is the way to do it. You know, you know that you can go ahead and list that pitcher. And that's another important thing that you can know is in your arsenal when you're coming in betting baseball, you can list uh, pitchers or you can just have action regardless of who starts the bets, the bet, and uh, don't care if a pitcher gets scratched. You don't care if Tampa throws out seven starters for each inning. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all good. It's, it's, it's a bet that's live. Um, so, you know, obviously the thing that you need to be aware of, uh, again, if you're laying that run line and you're laying it at home, uh, well, you know, home favorites won't be batting in the ninth inning if they're ahead after eight and a half innings. So not only are you, you know, giving up those runs, it's, you know, kind of a vig on that, even though you're lowering the juice. Uh, you're giving up 11% of your offensive innings in these games, you know, and it's kind of like a run vigorish or, you know, and an inning vigorish uh, that's getting charged, uh, you know, but obviously, you know, the pay is something that you need to consider if that's worth making that wager. Yeah. And so many teams play with the closer by committee nowadays that if you're taking a home favorite and laying the like one and a half run line points, yeah, like you said, that's a big risk. Because there are teams that could have that top of the ninth inning comeback, fall run, one, one run short. Uh, so when I do bet the run line, I usually always take the underdog. Because especially nowadays, like you were mentioning earlier with Tampa Bay and throwing out seven starting pitchers, you have teams like the Brewers that'll just pitch the entire game you know, with a new pitcher every inning. So it's so unpredictable in that. I, for one, am not a big run line better when it comes to the home team, because like you said, it's just, it's too risky. It's too risky. Not, not only is it too risky, but then take a look at the reverse side. And hey, you just mentioned one run games. Boy, do they happen a lot more than you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's worth remembering right now, teams often resort to that one run strategy late in close games. You know, they're not trying to explode for a beginning. You know, they're sacrificing outs by way of bunts or fly balls to advance what could be, you know, a game winning uh, tally so it's okay with them if they win three to two or five to four yeah the favorites they could care less about your bet <laughs> so it's true and 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 then there's the other side that there's the 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 plus plus strategy where uh, on the blind I'll, I'll have betters come and take a look at the board and say well okay not only do i get plus a run and a half but the favorite is such a giant favorite that the dog is getting plus a run and a half and plus money yeah yeah. And that strategy I have found, you know, we have people on the blind, not even caring. They just look at plus plus and they bet it. That's how I bet. I love the plus money. I actually have a pair of Nike shoes that you get customized that my friend bought me for my birthday two years ago. And the left shoe says plus and the right shoe says money. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's how I like to bet. I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm a points person. I'm a plus money person. I don't do favorites. <laughs> I don't. I'm sometimes I do, but it's not my favorite thing to do. No pun intended. Yes. <laughs> but let's move on to who. And I wrote uh, a blog the other day of I put my picks who I like to win each division and the wild card. I'll put my bias aside being a Red Sox fan. But what are some future odds that you like, Robert? What are some that you look at that you see has really good value of teams to either win the World Series or win their division or even the wild card? What are you looking at? Well, I mean, in here we are, it's, it's early April. And if you're going to tie up your money into a future pool, um, get a price. Um, yeah, do the, uh, do the Dodgers seem to have the best lineup 
like I could remember in decades, sure. Uh, but at five to one, uh, that's a pass. I, I, I can't bet a team this early at five to one. Too many variables, too many possibilities, and I, I'd rather stay away from a price that that low. Um, I, for one, took a look at a couple, and the ones that I think might be worth backing might be the Chicago White Sox, mm-hmm. uh, where you could find as high as 14 to one right now. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, I take a look here. I could see the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, find it again, you shop around and you find a price, you could probably find them also around 12 to one still. Um, I think that the Blue Jays win the division, you know, without a doubt. I just think that there's so much chaos. And I by agree the way, with that. You know that if you're playing in Toronto and they still have the, the pandemic rule in effect right. where if you're not vaccinated, you're not playing. Yeah. So that's going to come into play. Keep that in mind when you're making, you know, your, your wagers this year. Uh, until they change the rule in, in the province or in, in the country, that if Toronto's at home, they're probably going to be a shorter favorite than they should be. Um, not here over at my book, though, because I already know that. <laughs> so, uh, if again, so I like the White Sox, uh, you know, anywhere between 12 and 14, the Blue Jays. And if you look around close enough, I, I, here's an 11 that I'm just seeing right now. And uh, how about the Braves? Uh, Braves, you could also find at 14 to one at one location here. So not, you know, astronomically high, you know, because, you know, at this point with spring training complete and uh, any kind of, you know, significant moves being done by teams already finished as well. Uh, those, those are the ones that jump out for me, Ali. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, no, I, I'm right with you with the Toronto Blue Jays. And I say that as a Red Sox fan, I have Toronto winning that division you know, they came within, I think, one game of making the wild card last year. I think this team is really up and coming. You had Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. They have one of the best rotations in the majors. I really like Toronto, and those odds are pretty good to place a futures bet on. The Braves, I, I'm not, you know, I have them winning the division, but it's so hard to repeat a World Series. It's not like even, I mean, you look at the Dodgers who got to how many World Series before they finally won one? Yeah. So, yeah, the Braves, I'm not too high on. I actually like as a sleeper pick in the um, in the National League, the Padres. I think that if Fernando Tatis comes back early enough, this is a team that's been up and coming for a few years now. They need to get a few better arms in their rotation, but I'd be able to look at them pretty closely and maybe make a wager on them. I also like the Phillies. I think they just are an offensive monster. And it's the same thing with them. I think they just need to get a few more arms in that rotation, a few more healthy guys. They already have the offense behind Bryce Harper, Real Muto, Rise Hoskins. So I'm high on the Phillies. And then, like you said, too, with the American League, the White Sox aren't a team to overlook. People forget that they quietly won the division last year and had, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they had the best record in the AL. Right. Yeah, no, they're, they're loaded. They're loaded. And, and I feel that one more year uh, as a team only makes them even better. Yeah. So I really think that they could come around this year. I think obviously the popular pick, everyone's going to be on the Dodgers. Everyone's going to be on the Yankees. They're just the teams everyone likes to bet. But I don't see the Yankees making the playoffs. And I don't just say that with my Red Sox bias. I think That's they're a- a team with a lot of question marks. Uh, they always seem to have injuries. So they're not a team I'm high on. The Dodgers are just, you know, 
Sure. Take the Dodgers. We all know they're probably on paper the best team in baseball. But you know, as the best team in baseball for however many years, they really only have one World Series to show for it. And that was in a pandemic last year where there was 60 regular season games. So I don't know if you want to put money on the Dodgers. There's not much value there, I, I don't think. But yeah, I'm, I'm high on the Padres. I'm high on the Phillies to be sleepers. And then I'm right with you with the White Sox and the Blue Jays. So By the way, Allie, that's a hot take. Uh, Yankees not making the playoffs even. That's, right. <laughs> that's good. I like that. I mean, and actually, uh, you know, some of the propositions, you know, that we offer here uh, are not only, you know, can you bet a team to win the World Series, but I want to give you uh, the opposite side of that because, well, of course. So uh, we offer a yes, no. Uh, will they win or won't they win the World Series? And uh, you can, in fact, here at Baldini's, uh, bet that the Dodgers don't win the World Series at only, uh, I mean, well, it's, it's nine uh, uh, minus 900. So you're, right. you're, you're betting 900 to 100. But if you think that the Dodgers won't win it, uh, you know, that, that option's available to you as well. Um, by way of comparison, uh, the Yanks, who are 14 to 1, I mean, again, you can bet them to not win the World Series. Forget about just making the playoffs. But um, I like that. Yeah. Betting them not to make the playoffs even. <laughs> Hey, and, and yes, I'll let my bias creep in a little bit that when I can bet against the Yankees, I do love betting against the Yankees, <laughs> but no, I, I just, you know, they did the, they made the wild card last year and everything. Um, I believe, but I'm just not high on them again. I think they're an aging team, you know, Aaron judge, can he stay healthy this year? Can the rotation stay healthy this year? No, 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 no. So oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. I've got the I've got Blue Jays one, uh, Rays over Yankees. Uh, so Yankees three, uh, Red Sox not too far behind, and you could fire the Orioles into the sun. How is that team still in the league? <laughs> <laughs> Relegation, That's English true. Premier League style. Get them out. Go That's to minors. True. You know, it, it's funny because my brother, for some reason, he's an Oakland Athletics fan, and that was because it was his first little league team. But he just complains every year. You know, I saw when they traded Matt Olson this year, he's like, you know, we just have to have the lowest payroll in the majors. That's just how the team plays. I still don't believe, I still can't believe that MLB doesn't have some kind of salary cap. What do you think about that? No, yeah, it's never going to happen. It's just too, too much control, uh, you know, from the players union. I don't ever see that ever happening. I mean, I thought that we were going to, see a significant delay actually in the start of this season so they they did work things out because all that tv revenue is there i i think that it would be an absolute just mind shifter if, if they went to a salary cap and at least in baseball i just i don't see it happening and because of that yeah we're, we're gonna have the orioles of the world i mean the rockies the diamond i mean i, I look, there's just teams that are in it and they know that they're going to make money because of the TV contract. So why put on a kind of competitive team even? Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I do want to talk to Masters. But before we move on, Robert, can you give uh, some of our listeners who, again, are unfamiliar with betting MLB or first time to it, can you give them some tips for betting the MLB? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Great. And, and we talked about the run line and, and how significant it is to list your pitchers. List those pitchers. It, it doesn't, I mean, it's literally either one thumb click to, to list those pitchers 
And you know, you you're gonna have the action that you're handicapping because if you are handicapping baseball, pitching is a ton of it. And not only that, keep that in mind when you look at the totals in these games as well, because the totals are affected by the starting pitchers and the bullpens. So there's so many analytics out there without you know getting you know completely inundated with it to know that hey, if this team's just absolutely shot and their bullpen's stuck and they've got triple A pitchers in there from day one. I mean, look to that as an edge, you know, especially in the total, because just because you got a great starting pitcher in there, which will affect the total, you know, that bullpen is going to come into play. And if that starter only goes five and a third or maybe top six, that bullpen could blow it. And the next thing you know, you're looking at a ticket that goes way over the total where you thought uh, it was a dead under. Uh, so list those pitchers, study those bullpens. Yeah. One of my favorite things is I love betting teams that are on the verge of being swept. If there's a three game series and they lost the first two, I usually will. And especially if it's a Sunday game, for some reason, I usually will always back that team that they avoid the sweep because no one wants to get swept. I mean, yeah, you have the teams, like you said, like your Orioles, your pirates, your Royals that are just not that competitive. But if I see a team like the Red Sox, like the Dodgers, like the Braves, they just lost two in a row. They might be swept, especially if they're at home. I'm usually always taking them in the final game of that series. That, that's actually really great. And I wonder, so Allie, if let's just say we have a scenario where, let's just go ahead and pick on Pittsburgh. Why not? Pittsburgh's now got swept. It's, they're now lost three in a row. So the next series comes up and then they're playing, let's just say, uh, wherever, uh, the Phillies. And so now the Phillies, and you take a look at this and you, You'll find out that, hey, the Phillies are on a three-game winning streak and the Pirates are on a three-game losing streak. Do you then go against the streak or do you say to yourself, hey, this is a system. I will not get in the way of this. It's got to be the Phillies or no bet. Oh, I always love ending trends. <laughs> nice. Good. I go okay. against the trends. I think oh, then, you get, then you're definitely going to get a price. Yeah. Let's go back to even the game on Monday night with UNC and Kansas. I forget. I saw a graphic and like since, you know, 2000, I think favorites were straight up and against the spread, they had some kind of ridiculous winning percentage. So when I saw that posted, I'm like, that's why I'm taking UNC plus four. Right. Right. <laughs> I go right against the trend, but yeah, no, those are great tips. Um, I hope we can provide our readers, I mean, our readers, our listeners, some good advice for that. But I do want to talk to Masters because my favorite golfer of all time, Tiger Woods, is playing. And I don't think I've been more excited for that uh, since he last took uh, took tees off uh, the green. So let's just start with Tiger Woods there, Robert. What did you open his odds up when he declared he's going to play? <laughs> Look, we take Masters bets, right? Without a doubt. It's, it's, it's the biggest golfing event of the year. And we're, we're always going to take wagers on it. Then Eldrick says, I'm playing. Allie, it's, it's nonstop. It's, it's every, I mean, uh, the, the bet ticker is just, it's just flowing nonstop with Masters bets. And they all say Tiger Woods in one way or another. He affects the betting pools more than probably anyone in any sport that I could remember in my entire professional career. And it's just nonstop. We opened Tiger uh, pre-announcement at 100 to 1. Wow. Uh, took a few bets. Nothing crazy. Um, and then he announces he's 
he's going to play and it's just, it's, it's nonstop. So right now uh, we're at 65 to one. I was at 75 to one when uh, this podcast began <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I, I literally, while we're, while we're talking, I just took a, another pop, lowered him down to 70, uh, took another one. Uh, so now he's 65. Uh, so, and, and, and it's just, it just keeps coming. It, it keeps coming. I, I, I'm trying to make as juicy a price on, on some of the other you know, major contenders and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, they just want to bet Tiger. So I said, well, let's go and do more. Uh, how about some propositions? So propositions are up and everyone's betting the propositions. Obviously, you know, right now, uh, you know, he's, he's center stage. So, you know, we're offering, you know, his first round score, uh, which is currently set to 74 and a half mm-hmm. uh, strokes. Uh, will Tiger Woods finish in the top 10? Will he finish in the top 20? Uh, will he make the cut? Uh, which is a yes, no, that's pretty darn close to pick him right now. Wow. I mean, I would definitely pick him to make the cut and I will let my bias slide in there. Cause like you said, Tiger's just, he's just this figure you want to bet and you want to root for him. And you know, when I used to work at Fox, we had the U S open for a few years and the one year he was actually came, come, came back and played with them. We just cut promos about Tiger and I don't even think he ended up making the cut, but He's the main selling point of golf. He has been since I was a little kid. He's going to be until he retires. I mean, is there a golfer or golfers combined that have generated the amount of bets as Tiger? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. No. No. And I'm curious, what would you bet? Like, what's the, what's the odds of betting the field against Tiger? Wow. Now that's great. Uh, that's actually something that I offered back in the day when he was just absolutely unconscious. Um, you know, the, you know, Tiger Woods against the field and then would you believe people actually still took Tiger? I mean, it was insane at one point, you know, but right now I think if you put up a proposition like that, Allie, I think I get hammered with the field hammered. Probably. I mean, we all know he's 46 years old. He's just coming back from a major car wreck. So, you know, good thing he was able to recover. I know everyone's prayers were with him, but you just, you root for the guy and it's crazy. Like he's just a likable guy and he's been through so much off the golf course in his career. And he just keeps coming back. I remember when he won the masters back in 2019. I mean, everyone tuned into that. I was at the bar and every single TV changed to watching tiger there was no one cared about which basketball games were on. No one cared about any baseball games that were on. It was just Tiger. And that was just like a magical moment when he won again in 2019. And to see him hug his son the way his father hugged him when he won his first Masters. So now that we're actually going down memory lane, what were the books like back in 2019 when he won? It was, uh, it was incredible because no one at that time uh, was offering a price that was anything resembling uh, a, a typical Tiger Woods yes no price. You know, it was it was sailing pretty high, and uh, I just remember many of the books around town just said, "Well, we just lost a small house mortgage." <laughs> it, it was just it was a great great time to watch golf because we because like you said you, you you root for Tiger Woods because he of what he's done to the game and what he's done to. You know, sports, you know, you, I, you, you watch him and, and 
many people didn't even consider watching golf until he, you know, you know, became a pro. So it was, it was a really, really great time to watch him and, you know, to take him, take down the entire pool. Uh, well, that's a, you know, that, that's a sports better's dream at that price. Yeah. And I know we could just talk tiger all day and he really is the face of golf. I really don't think that you could find another sport where a player like him just carries it. Like tiger carries golf. The ratings are just, you can't no comparison when tiger's playing in a tournament compared to where he's not. But that being said, you know, what are some other golfers you're finding value in that people should take a look at if they don't want to bet tiger? I think if you're not looking to bet tiger, um, or if you're looking to bet against him, which again, you, know, you could find that odds as well. I mean, you know, we just talked about him making the cut. So that's basically you saying, nope, he's got, he's not doing it. He's, he's not going to win this event. Uh, best value. Well, kind of starting to squeeze itself, but let's go ahead and look at, I, I got three, uh, Ali, uh, Victor Hovland. You could get him at 20 to about 24 to one, maybe. I think he's just one of the best drivers of the golf ball since turning pro in 2019. Um, you know, he's also turned into one of the better iron players, you know, as well. So um, he's one that I like at a price. Um, Cam Smith, 19 to one, uh, the players champ. You know, he also has a 72 old PGA tour scoring record as well. Um, you know, as all, you know, he's also, you know, the only golfer to shoot four rounds in the sixties in a single masters. So uh, I'll take a price there. Uh, DJ, Dustin Johnson, 19 to one as well. Um, five consecutive top tens at Augusta National. So, you know, he missed a cut last year, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and include him. And I, I wish I had someone else that, you know, you know is, is up there in the 75 to 100 plus range, but that's, that's the ones that, those three are the ones that I'll probably circle the wagons around now, Allie. Um, how about yourself? Anything that you found that's uh, kind of juicy? So I have a soft spot for Rory McIlroy. He's always, he's, after Tiger, he's probably been my favorite golfer for years. And I'm waiting for him to get that green jacket. That's the only major he hasn't got. He does have some good value. I was looking at some of the lines for him earlier. Uh, I think if he's going to, if he's going to do it, it has to be in the next year or two if he wants his green jacket, because he's getting up there in age. He's not, you know, the young guy that we saw a few years back, just come out of nowhere and start winning. And he hasn't won a major in, in several years. So he's due. He's due. I also like Jordan Spieth. He always performs well at the Masters. I think I read he has something like five out of his eight Masters. He's uh, he's finished in the top three, including one, the one that he won back in 2015. So those are the two other guys I'd add. You know, the bigger names, people will know them. So if you want to take a shot, those are the two other guys I'll throw out. But, you know, I'm back in Tiger. I, I want to see him win. It's crazy. Uh, at this point, if Tiger wins, I'm going to have a, a long conversation with the uh, casino operator. <laughs> <laughs> well, people will be cashing in all over the country <laughs> if Tiger wins. I know that I know the TV networks are rooting for him to go all the way for the rate. Oh, uh, yeah, no rate. doubt. No doubt. He, everyone wants to see him make the cut. Yeah, but the odds makers are like, no, <laughs> just, just, yeah, don't make the cut. Don't make the cut. And then you could sleep the rest of the week. <laughs> but before we wrap up, uh, do you have any tips for people who maybe have never bet golf before or really want to just bet Tiger? Uh, 
and then maybe go on to bet more golf tournaments? Uh, yeah, what are some tips? Absolutely. Yeah, Allie, thanks. Thanks so much for asking. Yeah, we were just talking about who do we think has a, a fair value shot, right? So that's tip number one, spread your money around wisely. You know, let's say you got $100 you want to use on the Masters. Use it wisely, right? The beauty of, of betting on golf is you could bet a little to win a lot you know, in a variety of different ways. You know, there's the outrights. We just talked about the odds to win the whole Masters. You could bet, you know, top 10 finishes like we talked about, or even top 20s. In some cases, they could even, those could pay out nicely. You know, so put $20 on an outright you like, you know, $10 on a mid-tier long shot, $10 on a mega long shot. You know, um, I just had someone put a bet in on uh, Kevin Nod, 150 to one. It just literally came across. So, um He's listening to me. You know, after that, you still got $60 to use on placement bets, full tournament matchups, you know, or even round by round matchups. You know, the offerings, you know, it's, it's endless. You know, try a little bit of everything. Uh, also, you know, don't go in all on one guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that $100 we we're just talking about? Don't ever think of putting it all on one player, even yeah. if you have a, you know, an incredible premonition about someone, you know. You know, Justin Thomas is peaking at the right time or, you know, like you said, Rory McIlroy is finally going to, com- you know, complete that career grand slam. You know, could any of these things happen? You know, of course, you know, but putting all your eggs into one basket, you know, that's always going to end up in disastrous fashion. You know, it's supposed to be fun. Nothing more fun than having multiple betting tickets to play, you know, in play on Sunday afternoon at Augusta. So, you know, banking on one guy to win a major where there's 25 to 30 guys who can, you know, get it done. That's just kind of foolish. So, you know, and then the last thing is, you know, shop, 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 you know, make sure you get the best price based on your golfer. Uh, and, and that's pretty much the, you know, the most important things when it comes to betting any kind of tournament, you know, in sports betting. Yeah. Thanks for that, Robert. And appreciate it. Well, I think we're, that's it for this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to the tea times tomorrow. Obviously I already know Tiger's teeing off at 10 34 AM. <laughs> so I will be ready for that one. Also looking forward to MLB opening weekend. There's nothing like opening day. I, I've never, unfortunately, been to an opening day game in person. But I know, especially when I used to work at Fox Sports, everyone wears their jerseys to work on opening day. It's probably, besides the World Series, the most exciting day for baseball out of the year. So really looking forward to that. But next week, we will dive into the NBA playoffs starting. I know that we have a ton to talk about there always exciting to move from the regular season in the NBA, which me personally, I'm just not a huge fan of. I just don't think it's as competitive as, or as exciting. Uh, so we'll definitely delve into the NBA next week. And maybe we'll talk a little NBA, NFL draft coming up. I love the draft. I really do love the draft. And I bet the draft too. I pretty much bet everything you can make a bet against. <laughs> the most what it- what an April coming up. It's, it's already off to a great, great start with the championship. Here's the Masters. Baseball's coming. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Like you said, the draft. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, we've got some good episodes coming up, Robert. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next week. Take care. All the best, everyone. Bye-bye.